0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase MUS podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning best-selling Taste in the Taste of Atlanta awards, both in 2017 and 2018. So, if you're in the metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, go to Panko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Panko Chicken, where eats meats west chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back to the chase thomas podcast the thursday night pro wrestling edition of the podcast and one of my now recurring guests someone i very much enjoy talking professional wrestling with it's brad shepherd brad good evening how are you sir
1: i'm good chase how about yourself
0: I am good um you've uh I like following your Twitter now 'cause you will you'll get into stuff i just i'll see I'll watch from afar I'll lurk and I'll be like,' oh brad has gone for it again, and it's it, it's <laughs> fascinating, man, you just you embrace it, so more power to you,
1: well yeah, I mean uh, you know it, to me it's like if, if you're gonna tweet uh why not make it a little interesting so uh, hopefully everyone who follows me gets a little kick out of it.
0: Yeah. So what did, was, was there anything big since we last talked that you got into a kerfuffle with that, uh, you were like, uh, oh, what, what is happening right now? I have to take care of this.
1: Um, you know, I, I had a, uh, I, I had a tweet where I talked about, uh, Kenta and, uh, how mm-hmm. good his work was in new Japan. And it just, um, sent the new Japan pro wrestling fans into a complete tailspin, uh, because, um you know he worked for noah pro wrestling noah
0: mm-hmm. and not
1: new japan so uh I, I ended up getting about close to 50 angry tweets from new japan pro wrestling fans you know shaking their fist and yelling at me to get off their lawn
0: kenta is such a sad story in WWE because like he's still such a great worker and he was having great matches on um Five live and like i don't like i would he would still be like one of my handful of guys that like i would just watch his stuff like he's just still a really interesting fun dude to watch work even at his age and he's had bad injury luck and that's part of the part of the game um in pro wrestling and it sucks but shinsuke nakamura getting the push that he has and getting the the spotlight that he's gotten um he's like the more marketable between the two but like God, Kenta in those spots and like if he was able to get that kind of main roster push that uh, he got, especially when you see like what Mustafa Ali is getting on SmackDown and guys like that where I think timing is going to be what defined the uh, timing and bad luck for Kenta and because I, I it it should have gone differently and it just kind of bums me out. He It's just a bummer like I, I he was just fun and he's really good and he's still going to be really good. Um, I don't know, man. I, that, it, it's a bummer. He's like of all the releases, that one bumped me out the most because I still love watching him, and I it sucks that we never got to see Kenta, AJ, Kenta, um, all these different dudes. Kenta, Daniel Bryan. Like I, we, I wish we'd gotten like one year at least of like Kenta just putting on great matches, kind of like what Andrade's done with different guys on the main roster. Where it's just like, I don't think I don't trust them to ever use him the right way <laughs> for a long period of time. But at the very least, give me some fun memories of like, oh yeah, I remember when Kenta had this like twenty minute barn burner with so and so. That's that's all I wanted. We never we never even got that, and it's uh it's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, I mean Kenta will go back to Japan and uh, he'll be totally fine. But you know WWE has a history of not knowing exactly how to book um, talent outside of North America, especially. Oh and,
0: yes, you know, I,
1: I think. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's that's a big thing. But, You're putting it very nicely. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I think he's, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Uh, but he's more of a fit for, you know, the strong style and focusing on the in-ring work. Um, you know, the sports entertainment aspect is where I felt his biggest weakness was uh, when it comes to the, the charisma outside of the ring and the promos, that, mm-hmm. that type of a thing. So I think he'll be totally fine going back to Japan.
0: So there's no chance he goes to AEW, right?
1: You know, I wouldn't completely rule it out. I'm just, I, I would lean towards no, because mm-hmm. I don't think that's what AEW is going for.
0: What do you think they're going for? How would you define their I vision mean, right going,
1: now? Well, I would define it as more of a, uh, they're looking for maybe talents that haven't been discovered that are really good, or maybe mm-hmm. talents that are like really popular in the indie scene. Yeah, like uh, Chris Jericho and Chris Daniels who are like
0: mm-hmm. fifty. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kinda like uh, Triple H and Batista, two uh fifty year olds going at it on the on the big stage. Um, you know, but I think in, in for the most part that's what they're going for, is that type of a uh a talent, you know, and they have to have the Chris Jericho's obviously, they have to have some level of a name brand starting out, but yeah. You know, I I think you don't want to go the WCW route and all of a sudden you have, you know, Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Randy Savage and Lex Luger and you have all of these, you know, big name guys uh, that you're just Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. and You know, you're paying these guys to come over. And and I think, you know, AEW can't make that same mistake, and I don't think they're going to.
0: Yeah, you just pull the right guys. Like, there's nothing wrong with pulling talented dudes who've been underutilized like that does not mean ty dillinger i know he's good friends with cody but um also the sneaky oldest guy in professional wrestling is ty dillinger he looks great for his age because if you did not already know he's actually 63 he's 63 years old um no he's 38 (laughs) and it's insane that he's been in this company for as long as he has um i think fandango is another sneaky old guy where i don't know if you got you saw his um return video God, I love that guy. One of my favorite gimmicks that never made the main roster that I wish got a run was Johnny Curtis. Johnny Curtis gimmick, the slimy ball with the backstage stuff on NXT from years ago. Some great, great work. Johnny Curtis is like the guy who, he's another wrong era guy where like I don't think he'll ever work well enough in the ring to really become something big there. But if he came in at like 2003, I'd he would have been great in the Ruthless Aggression era. He would have been yeah, perfect like even, with Johnny Curtis. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Even attitude era. I think he would have been uh, really good in that era as well.
0: Yeah. He may have been I, that Johnny Curtis thing may have been even better. Yeah. He's 37. He turns 38 this summer. So wait, what is the age difference yeah. between him and Tyler Breeze? Then That must be like gigantic. Cause Tyler Breeze is like one of the youngest still. Okay. So Tyler just turned 31. So he's a little bit older than I thought he was. Um, but yeah, sorry, just went down an entire rabbit hole on these guys, uh, which we are prone to do on this podcast. But um, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. We haven't really heard anything AEW in a couple of weeks now, really, right? Just that the copyright stuff came up a little bit. Right. Um, there's, we, we really just don't know what all is going on right now with them. Um, I expected, maybe I shouldn't have expected like the Goldberg stuff to come out or them to, I guess Jim Ross is the most recent thing to come out, is that Jim Ross is, by all accounts, probably going to be their next uh, play-by-play right. guy, right?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely the plan. I mean, that's something that has been in the works from my understanding for months. Um, obviously they, they couldn't admit that due to his contract with WWE, but that was my understanding um, from a report I received months ago. So yeah, I think that's what we'll see. I mean, Jim is motivated to continue to announce and at least he can still do that and obviously they'll have a, a need for an announcer so it seems like a, a good fit and of course obviously when you talk about announcers in the industry yeah, there probably is no bigger name than Jim Ross
0: yeah well we just lost Michael Cole a valued listener to the Chase Nose podcast but he's also getting phased out apparently right <laughs> like in the next year isn't that a thing michael cole's going to be gone soon <laughs>
1: yeah i do think they're eventually phasing out michael cole obviously you know, they mm-hmm. like to have the young guys when it comes to their announce team. Um, yeah. Michael, you know, I can't say I'm a big fan of what he does. You know, it, it, one of the things while Roman was out that I looked forward to not hearing was uh, here comes the big dog. <sighs> you know, was, we have to hear that every week, like 20 times a night and it'd be like, Jesus, just shoot me. Um, And they opened up raw this week with it.
0: It's already back. They're already back. It's back in the (laughs) saddle, baby. Back to the bread and Uh, butter of what made raw great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I don't look forward to that, but he does. I mean, honestly, it's a very difficult job. He takes a lot of instructions from, Mm -hmm. you know, Vince McMahon. So I understand you could put anybody in that role to a degree and they would have a lot of those um, same sort of quirks that we don't like.
0: Yeah. Do you think Arn Anderson is a foregone conclusion to make the jump now to AEW?
1: I think it's got to be very likely. Yeah. I mean, obviously the relationships there with with Cody and Arn and of course Dusty, uh, it just seems like a no brainer to me. Uh, Arn was never a corporate guy. He was more of one of the boys and Mm. I think he would just be a valuable asset wherever he goes. Um, So yeah, that seems like a good fit to me.
0: What if it's um I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on for a second. Uh what if he intentionally got himself fired at so he could uh join AEW? What if that was the play? <laughs> God. And also, Very what does Alicia Fox have to do to get released? I wish I had the kind of um job security in any line of work that Alicia Fox has cuz if everything is true and I guess we don't 100% yeah. know, but like Good God, this is not number one either. Like this is not strike one. It's it. She's been in that company since she was like nineteen years old. Like Kelly Kelly has been gone for a decade, and I feel like Alicia Fox got there like five years before Kelly Kelly did. It's insane how long she's been employed by this company and how long they how long of a leash she's gotten. It's it's wild.
1: Uh Yeah, you're totally right with that. It's it's kind of weird. Like uh, it makes me wonder: Does she have blackmail on someone?
0: Yeah. Like, it... I don't know, man. She even got, like... She had the Ronda stuff. Like, wasn't it the first Raw match for Ronda? Was it against Alicia Fox? Yeah. Yeah. She's got Absolutely. that spot. Like, what is happening? I don't understand. I, I don't... Uh, shout out to her, I guess, for uh, keeping it going. And I, I hope she gets the help she needs and everything. And um, it's a bad situation all around. But, like, what a weird story. And, um... God... What a weird story. Um, well, there's a bunch of other things that I wanted to touch on tonight that um, I I feel like you might have some insight into. And one of my favorite things in this podcast is being able to um, shine a light on the best professional wrestler in this industry, Kevin Owens, because not many people <laughs> can uh, walk in immediately into a segment where you're going to get all kinds of heat because you are the guy Vince is pulling out from the rafters to replace the hottest baby face in the company right now for a title match and then proceed to get huge cheers and put on the best baby face promo of your life the following week it's Kevin Owens can yeah. he can literally do everything I don't know what Kevin Owens is not good at and it's um I'm just so happy he's back in my life Kevin Owens is the best
1: uh, if I had to pick
0: one thing, I would say cardio. I, he's dropped the pounds, man. He looks great. He's he's dropping no, the pounds. You're I think right. cardio might. Yeah. yeah, I think cardio might be in his yeah. life. I think he was like one thing that Brad Shepard may not like about me is my cardio issues. So guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the treadmill while I'm <laughs> away for six months. I'm I'm gonna fix this. And then he got A jacked. Beautiful. He got some new tattoos. He's ready, man. He's ready, brother. Yeah god it's great <laughs> yeah i, I mean you? you're right no he, yeah. he's
1: got he's got the range to do both yeah for sure uh for me though People just can't do know, it they're bringing him back to the baby face and, and i think like you know the fans didn't really want to boo him per se to begin with like they always kind of mm-hmm. liked him you know especially the smart fan they wanted to kind of pull for him so i think it's an easy transition and you know he's an experienced veteran he knows how to do it and he did a very nice job of it i'll give him that for sure um, but to me, I didn't really like how they were initially presenting him, and they, of course, they did kind of drop it. But um, they they started doing the vignettes with him as the everyday man sort of deal.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And what what I liked about it was that they they started doing more reality based um, with Kevin Owens, the person. I like that kind of a thing because it's real and people can identify with it and become more emotionally invested. So. I like the idea of that. I just thought the execution was really bad because so what they actually did was not just show him as a person, but they actually made him look like a total loser. Um, it was like, you know, his, his son's punking him out for money and he's throwing gutter balls and all kind. Of, and I'm like, this guy's a loser. Like this is, you know, who wants to cheer for a loser? So I like the idea of them going reality based and showing him, you know, he's got a family, he's a person, he, he's got a life outside of the ring. I just thought the execution was really poor. Of course, they dropped all of that, but those kind of reality-based elements, I would love to see more of. I would love to see them continue that with Kevin Owens and and some of the other characters on TV as well.
0: Yeah, keep doing that and never allow Ronda Rousey to use social media again. I think that uh, that might be the (laughs) the way to go here.
1: (laughs) It's fake. I I don't know if you knew that, Chase, but it's fake.
0: God, I don't. Oh, what a self-destruction and i know it's like like
1: Like, look i get the you're trying to to work the fans uh the smart Mm -hmm. fans especially um you know and if it draws money then more power to you i don't know that it is though which is my issue with it I, i think i prefer uh and maybe it's because i'm more of an old school or longtime wrestling fan but I prefer to be able to sustain some level of believability for 15 minutes or whatever the case yes. may be. Um, and, and I don't need you to constantly remind me that it's fake. I already know that. Right. Uh, I kind of like to pretend, you know, it's somewhat believable even though I know it isn't necessarily real per se. And I think when you just come out and like, yep, this shit's fake, blah, 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 You know, it's like, um, we understand that and maybe don't keep reminding us of that because then it's hard <laughs> to really kind of invest in, in the entire story.
0: And I think that's true for sports. Uh, Like that transcends pro wrestling where like fans love the idea that their teams, like, especially like pro athletes, like you, you need fans to believe that these guys give a damn every night and they give a damn about their teammates. They, they care about their city. They're, they're, they're fans like they care. A lot of these guys probably don't like they, this is their job and this is what they go. This is their work. This is their trade. And not all those guys are going to see it the same way and are going to approach the same way. That's why like college football fans are so rabid about their team is it's like, it's a, it's a thing where it's like, it just means more to a lot of these people and they love the idea of camaraderie and just suspending disbelief for a little bit for several hours. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I just, if they are okaying all this Rhonda stuff, I just, I don't get it because there's no coming back from this. And like, this just feels like, oh, Rhonda's legitimately upset about how this is all, uh, worked, and you have maisha Tate coming out saying that um, she's actually pissed, which makes sense because of the kind of year that she's had for the last year and Charlotte, like, I, I've i talked about this where I'm like, Charlotte and Rhonda have a real reason to, to be mad about Becky Lynch because ultimately what I would like them to do, if you're gonna break the fourth wall, what I think I would have done is I would have brought up the fact that Vin- I would have had Vince and the McMahon family bring up Our plan after Charlotte beat Asuka was like, we saw Charlotte as the future and Ronda as the future. And that was going to be our plan. Basically like saying we were going to build this company around these two stars. And Becky Lynch threw a wrench in all of it, right? Like that's how you do it is you kind of break a little bit where you're honest with the fans a little bit. You peel back the curtain a little bit, but it's also just like, yeah, she beat Asuka. You should build around her. Ronda had like one of the best debut matches of all time. You should build around her. Like that's the kind of thing where I think that would have been interesting of like the outsider ruin the, the party for the McMahon family favorites. That would have been the way I would have gone with it. Am I crazy for that?
1: no i mean i don't like how they're presenting the entire thing and i've talked about mm-hmm. that on on twitter at the brad shepherd for months i mean mm-hmm. i just I, I think they took something that was organic with becky lynch uh when she got hit by Nia and the fan support and the momentum she received and they totally botched it yeah and so my criticism has been towards you know i i don't find the as i've called it the dollar store stone cold uh becky lynch mm-hmm. character i, I I don't find it believable at all. Uh, That's not who she was. And I think they really, you know, they damaged her. I I think I really do in the long term. So I haven't liked the way they presented it. And then they went a step further and now they've said, yes, let's let Ronda go out and be the the badass heel where she is just going to tell everybody off and she's going to break the fourth wall and she gets to do whatever she wants. So she's going to become the cool heel eventually. And now you have the authority putting their support behind Becky Lynch. Like, how is that going to do her any favors? I'm kind of, I can't figure that out. So I don't know what their thought process is there.
0: I don't think they can control it. And this is like one of those things where when I think this is the reason Vince hates organic rises, like because it just throws a wrench in everything. Where like you you don't know what the crowd response is going to be from week to week and you don't know how it's going to affect everything and it's going to permeate through the rest of the feud and your plans and all that kind of stuff um and you have to you're kind of forced to read and react on a weekly basis and throw stuff out based on how people like i don't think this was the plan for ronda two weeks ago but then you get the response that she got and crowds just booing her out of the building because of the lunch stuff and you're like oh god well we can't do this wrestlemania is still weeks and weeks away like we can't do that and that's one of the other big things that's problematic for this feud is they like there's already serious burnout on where else they can go with these three at this point. Like, you just have to have the match. Like, I, I'm, I feel bad for them on that front because they're going to have to keep coming out and try and make this interesting for another, like, WrestleMania is what? A month still? We're still a month out? Basically? Yeah. Like, I just, that's overexposure and fans are going to get burnout.
1: I agree. And the more they continue to push the authority behind Becky Lynch and, And present ronda is the cool heel who who can do whatever she wants and doesn't give a damn i i just don't think that does becky any favors if the ultimate goal is for her to be the baby face champion
0: do you know anything about the latest merch numbers have we gotten any reports because i was looking for that of like what the sales are like right now and because roman's been gone for a little bit what is the hierarchy right now in the the merch sales do you know anything about that
1: Roman, with him gone, uh, people like AJ Styles have done very well. Roman was mm-hmm. the the top dog, the big dog uh, in merch sales. As long as Cena wasn't there, anytime John Cena comes back and is on TV, uh, he, that's becomes his number one spot again. So uh, Becky's done well, but her problem was a lack of overall merchandise. She had a t-shirt, but that was really it. But I do yeah. need to get an update on that because they've recently come out with more merchandise. So after mm. the month is over, I should have a good idea of where you know where she's at with all of the new merchandise.
0: Because I think fans really discount how vital that is in Vincent Man's mind of like how, who's getting pushed, how things are going to work for that character long term. And I um I I'm fascinated by how much mo- how much merch Becky has moved in the last couple months because that's kind of like the biggest thing is like is this sustainable? Is this something? Is this character sustainable? Is this um just something like the daniel Bryan thing where it's like yeah this is this is fine for right now daniel Bryan's still really good he's leaning all the way in on this front but it's not something that i don't think that this company is going to run with this gimmick will get old and like you said like becky they are eventually going to really mess this becky lynch character up and they're already on the fast track to doing so the fast lane if you will um that's a that's for the sunday pay-per-view if you if you already knew that we're already at another pay-per-view somehow I'm pretty sure Elimination Chamber was like last week. Uh, but, it, uh, yeah. Like there's multiple matches. Like you know, Miz, me, it, and we'll it, get into it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Chase, that it's to me, it's kind of, you know, they, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot because they're so concerned with having yet another pay per view. And I get it. You get live ticket sales and merchandise money and et cetera. But you really hurt your storytelling when you go from Elimination mm-hmm. Chamber straight to Fastlane, straight to WrestleMania because now you've created such a short window from Fastlane to WrestleMania to really get your stories out there. Um, I just think it really hurts their their stories going into the biggest show of the year. And so I really wish, I mean, Fastlane is so unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. I just wish they would do away with it.
0: I agree. Um, less is more. And I think AEW definitely understands that and that's something that they're definitely going to build off of I think they'll never do three hour shows I think they've learned the lessons from what um, drives WWE fans nuts Um, and it's all money related everything goes back to money Um, I want to ask you So this is something I hadn't thought about but I wonder if wrestling fans are really preparing and I don't know if you saw but Brock Lesnar apparently renegotiating with Vince McMahon right before Wrestlemania for another short term deal um, I said six months ago that Brock Lesnar was not losing the belt at WrestleMania this year. Like, I, I still stand by that firmly. That they are not giving Seth Rollins that rub. It's it's not happening. If they're not going to do it with Roman Reigns, they're not doing it with Seth Rollins. And I I'm still like, I still think there is a, a strong chance Charlotte wins as well. But I think a lot of it will come down to match order. So once we know who's going on last. That will kind of tell us where they're going to go with some of this stuff. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I think it's fascinating. And the other thing now is Kofi. He's an organic rise. And I'm I'm wondering if fans are preparing themselves for the fact that uh, Kofi Kingston is as cool of a story this is. I love Kofi. It's great for him to get this moment. Um, he's not beating Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. If they do the singles match, like they'll probably open the show. And it's it's not going to happen. There's no way I see Vince McMahon at 75 years old pulling the trigger on Kofi Kingston, heading into um, yeah. a new network and all the other stuff. There's just, there's no way that's happening.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. In fact, I uh, talked about this in my podcast this week, the Oh, You Didn't Know Wrestling Show with John Fisher. And um, I spoke to a source in the company. What they said essentially was, Right now, the plan is for Daniel Bryan to retain the title that he is uh, being built as a super heel uh, for yep. SmackDown. And so, obviously, they don't want to drop the title off of him this early. Could it change? Right. I guess it's possible, depending on reactions. But um, right now, yes, I, I think, you know, if that doesn't change, a lot of fans are going to be disappointed at WrestleMania.
0: What else is new? WrestleMania, disappointing fans. Who could have ever foreseen something like that? Um <laughs> What a weird thing. Uh, Who do you think is the better babyface, Kofi or or Kevin Owens, right now? I think that's an interesting dynamic because I think it's Kevin Owens still, and I love Kofi, but uh, it's something to think about, right? Because SmackDown has not had. Mm. Like, we were just talking a couple months ago that, like, who was Daniel Bryan going to face at WrestleMania this year because, like, there were no top babyfaces outside of Mysterio and kind of Jeff Hardy. That makes sense. And I. I mean, I guess we're going to do Kofi, but like, it is kind of interesting that Kofi and Kevin Owens have just come out of seemingly nowhere to be like really intriguing, sympathetic baby faces that, um, Mm -hmm. that work and resonate with the fans.
1: Yeah. So singles baby face, I think the better is, uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Kofi. He's got a lot of momentum right now. Um, you know he's historically been you know in the new day uh, not necessarily singles and this is kind of a new thing and you know frankly Kevin Owens is a much better promo Uh yes. you know he's got equally good in ring work so you know for me I think Kevin Owens is a better singles babyface that's just that's not a knock on Kofi
0: though I I agree um so what fat I know we neither of us are really looking forward to Fastlane that has like five matches we've already seen before but um what matches are you or are most intriguing to you for Sunday? Is there anything that stands out?
1: Oh, geez.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because I'm sitting here and, and I'm really thinking about this. Like what, you know, cause Fastlane is a Sunday I'm going to watch and I'm thinking, but wait a minute, like what really is going to draw me into watching this show? I mean, it's, Right now, for me, you know, and I view the Usos as the greatest tag team of our generation and the best tag team in the business right now. But what they're Mm. doing with Miz and Shane McMahon to me is just incredibly boring. I'm not the slightest bit interested in it. And I'm ready to just move on to the Miz and Shane McMahon. Uh, And I'm ready for the Usos to move on to the Hardys. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see the Usos and Hardys at WrestleMania. So, Uh, But I find this, like, very boring filler. I'm ready to move on from it. Uh, Becky and Charlotte, I, I think the outcome, you know, it'll be a fine match. I just think it's kind of predictable, right? Um, you've got the shield in, Corbin McIntyre and Lashley. And
0: God, that's going to be, you know, awful. I,
1: to me, I, I have to <laughs> say, like, I, 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 but I just think the shield is, they've kind of screwed it up here
0: because yeah. they keep
1: having them break up and get back together. and People are kind of getting over it. Uh, right. so I, I just don't know what the, uh, huge appeal is there. Um, I, I, I don't so I have know. I don't think there's a, a match, unfortunately, sticks out.
0: So there's one match that sticks out for me, and then I have another thing about Roman stuff and the Shield stuff. Um, The Triple Threat Raw Tag Team title match is going to be a show stealer. If it gets enough time, like Ricochet, Alistair Black teaming up, and I want to ask you about that group, but um, Revival and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, that has all the potential in the world to be really, really good. And I hope that gets time. I hope that works because that's like the kind of thing that could really help Chad Gable and Bobby Roode where Ricochet and Aleister Black can help get something out of those guys. Like, this is where they can really help the revival. And like, how does Chad Gable and Bobby Roode not have a name yet? Like, how have they done no character work since being a team for months? Like, you know, Bobby Roode has it in him you know chad gable does you know that they have personalities like based on like the beer money stuff and when he was with american alpha and all that kind of stuff like there is no reason for this team not to have a name and just some sort of gimmick that i I just don't understand like just figure something out stop presenting them as rude and gable how is that a thing
1: yeah it just goes back to very lazy bad storytelling i mean gable does have some natural charisma And you would really never know that by watching Monday Night Raw, (laughs) Uh, you know, and of course, you talked about Bobby Roode as well. I think Roode, though, is much better as a heel. And this may be an opportunity where, you know, Roode or Gable take the pin and uh, then they start their mid-card feud that we never wanted to see. So there you go.
0: (laughs) God, no, thank you. (laughs) Remember when they were doing matches? Who was it like that had like four matches with wasn't it Root Ru... was it Rude and Gable that did the Ascension feud for a month on Raw? Where they just kept doing variations oh, of yeah. the same feud? Was that that was them, right? That
1: was so bad. Yeah. God.
0: Oh my god. What a time. <laughs> um do you think this is the right way to book Ricochet and Alistair Black in the main roster? Do you think this is the way you would first present them as a team and as like this? These are our two acrobatic Marvel-like superheroes that are just going to do really cool shit for a couple months before they figure it out. It kind of reminds me of like how they brought up the women's division um, with Team Bad and all that years ago. Where, like They clearly didn't have a plan for any of these people, but they were just like, what if we just put them <laughs> yeah. all in teams until we figured stuff out individually? Yeah,
1: I-, I think a lot of that goes back to Vince McMahon and he just wanted to test these guys he wanted to throw them in the deep end of the water to see if they could swim without really giving them anything. Uh, and you can, of course, critique that all day long, but that's one of the little games that Vince likes to play. So, you know, that's not how I would have presented them. I just mm-hmm. think they're two different characters. Um, yep. And that they're singles guys more than tag team guys. Uh, so I wouldn't have done it that way. I, I do like what they're, I mean, I like Aleister Black. He's the problem with these guys. A lot of these guys that are, that are coming up are very small. Mm -hmm. compared to your average wrestler and you know you could argue all day how you want to present them but at the end of the day you've got to have a character you've got to have a story uh to emotionally invest in them and that's where they fall short because you know you, you see ricochet i mean he's phenomenal uh in the ring he can do the flips the tricks i mean he's very athletic but tell me something about him i mean one of the things they've done that's puzzling to me is they've given him a lot of promo time and he's not a very good promo.
0: No, um, God. So His voice I, it makes me so weaknesses. sad, man. Like if he, I wish he had it's, a different it's voice super so dorky. much. Yes. Yeah. You can yeah. tell he's a dork. But, but, and you, I, but you have to uh,
1: work around, yeah. No, you're right. You have to work around those weaknesses and you have to uh, kind of amplify the strengths. The strengths for him is like, you know, the in-ring work and the weaknesses would mm-hmm. be like, you know, cutting a live promo. So. You work around that. Uh, that's yes. that's what you do. But they, their approach is kind of like, hey, you're not good at promos. We're going to give you a mic every week. Good luck. God.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, you're setting them up to fail. And like you said, that's like one of Vince's things where he's like, sink or swim, man. And it's like, what? what? Like you have something here. But it, wasn't it you and I who were talking where I'd like said, I, I'm fascinated by how long they're going to keep Ricochet down on NXT just because of the lifespan of that kind of in-ring style where it's like, if you're not going to capitalize now what are you doing like there's no money to be made in nxt like go ahead and call him up and sell as much merch for this superhero like figure as you can before um some before like an injury happens because i just i don't see like he does crazy stuff and obviously some guys are naturally more injury prone than others but like i just i don't see him working this style five years from now so like i i didn't understand like the like i might have just immediately called him up to the main roster and he signed him just let him train a couple months in the the training center in orlando and then call him up like there's you got to move that merch because that dude's going to sell yeah. a bunch. kids are going to love that guy for years he is Jeff Hardy. like he I wish he was more than this but I think he's just like a better version of Jeff Hardy now it, that's that's what he can be
1: yeah, you're right. I think they should have brought him up uh, more quickly to the main roster. I think that's a problem with a lot of guys. I mean, they start now, they're like 30 years old before they come up to the main roster. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. that's because they're in the indie scene for so long. Sometimes they just are uh, too slow to pull the trigger in NXT. And I don't understand it. Uh, someone like Ricochet, his primary uh, selling point is is in ring work. Well, when he's 38, is he going to be able to do what he can do at 31? Uh, so when that in-ring style slows down what's the investment in his character to sell money you know sell merchandise he's got to have a character he's got, there's got to be more there and yeah. they need to start telling that story and i feel like they're not doing that
0: i agree um last thing on the fast lane stuff that we did not talk about that I, I need to mention um what are the chances that Nia Jackson Tamina versus Boston Hut connections a uh, uh, a barn burner something that we all enjoy
1: uh yeah, I have this great idea. Like Nia Jack, what she needs to start doing, first of all, the Samoan drop. Yes, yeah, it's, it's fine, whatever. But it really is not a finisher. So, mm. what I would do is I would give Nia Jax the bonsai drop, like Yokozuna. Mm. I would do. I would do the Samoan drop as a setup. Pull her into the corner. Uh, get up onto the second rope, and then drop. Uh, you know, and sit on their face, and. For the pin, the bonsai drop. That's what I would do. I think uh, that would be a good move for her.
0: I'm but i guarantee I didn't you, give her the l- big let's show do an under
1: over. Yeah, oh yeah, that's actually a good point after the Becky Lynch incident.
0: Yeah, I uh, would but, assume uh, what that do they were going be Over, under again. on a botch. Oh, I'm going to go <laughs> over, under, let's set it at three. I'm going to say over. <laughs> You're not going to pick this one, be but I think me, I mean, taps. It, I think Tamina's the one who taps here.
1: Yeah. God. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, Tamina's another one, like Alicia Fox, who's been around forever, by the way.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, what would you do without Ciampa? Now that we know he had next surgery, what would you guess, he, how long he's out for this stuff? And I mean, I saw the reports, like the spinal stenosis being possibility with him. It, it all sucks, but what? What would you guess? Is it SummerSlam around that time we see him again? Or uh, what would you guess is the, the the future for Tommaso Ciampa?
1: Oh, I think he's going to be out longer than that. I do. <sighs> um, obviously, you can't predict, you know, recovery. And I'm not a doctor. But, you know, certainly those type of injuries are very serious. And you want to be cautious with those. Um, otherwise, you really are putting yourself at risk. So I would say longer than that. You know, for me, I think you've got to drop the title, obviously. And Mm -hmm. here's what I would do. I would go into WrestleMania weekend for the NXT TakeOver show, and I would have a good old-fashioned WrestleMania 4 championship tournament a la Randy Savage uh, walking out with the title. That's what I would do. I would have a pay-per-view with a championship tournament.
0: Gold Rush tournament. One of my favorite months of Monday Night Raw years ago
1: yeah absolutely. It's going to add a level of intrigue and, and you could build your you know your shows towards, hey, you know um, uh, let's do a match between two guys. the winner is in the tournament, obviously the loser's out, however you want to do it, but yeah, have a have an eight-man tournament and and crown the new NXT champion that night. you're guaranteed to see a new champion.
0: Yeah, um, I think this is also like the perfect opportunity to just pull the trigger on Undisputed Era. Like Adam Cole has to be the guy who wants the belt. I think NXT, the main event scene has been rated in the last few weeks and no one else makes sense. Like they don't have gold right now. The crowd obviously loves them. I think if you're not going to call them up right now, you just you pull the trigger. Like you just you have to build NXT around Adam Cole for the next year. I think that's that's the that's the play until Ciampa comes back, and apparently they do have a contingency plan in place for when Ciampa comes back. But um, I think that's what I would do. Is Adam Cole is the one you just yeah? We're we're, we're just going to do this now.
1: Yeah, you could definitely do that. Have him have him win a tournament. Um, you're going to put on great matches, and obviously the fans are going to be happy about that. So, but I love the. I mean, tournament. that's what I do, I, and then I, I have Vince them turn is not on a big uh, fan of tournament.
0: Yeah, I know. I get the sense that you're a big tournament guy. Um, I think what I would do, and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, is like one of the best documentary things where you get to see more of the personal side, the real-life stuff that is just naturally interesting as a babyface, is Roderick Strong a couple of years ago. Do you remember that one where they went back to his home in Florida and all that kind of stuff and what he yeah. went through growing up? And he is still a very naturally likable yeah dude and he's also just a freak of nature wrestler he might be the best wrestler in the company I still like he's just so damn good him and O'Reilly I'm, I'm already missing those two as a team because Bobby Fish is just no Roderick Strong and um, it's going to be interesting because I think ultimately that might be the play is like the SummerSlam takeover is Roddy versus Cole in the main event for the title like uh, after they turned on him and everything else that that that's probably what I would do is the kind of the, the evolution thing yeah, um, on Orton with uh cole and all that kind of stuff that's that's how i would book nxt for the next six months
1: yeah i i mean i just love the tournament idea because it it kind of is a parallel with you know sports for me you look at the playoffs and you look at march madness right i mean i'm i'm a casual at best college sports fan i'm kind of a pro sports guy i'm not a huge college sports fan The only exception really is college basketball. I kind of casually watch it during the regular season. But then when March Madness hits, that's when it draws my interest, because then you've got the tournament. Uh, You've got one shot, you lose, you're out. And that's kind of that's how I parallel it to like this WrestleMania four tournament. Uh, I I just think there's a level of intrigue there. And uh, that's really one of the reasons I like the tournament idea.
0: And it's the the kind of era to do that because everybody's a good wrestler now and character work is at its all time worst. So one way to get around that and get around bad promos and bad backstage stuff is to just, all right, we're going to do a bunch of really great matches with a bunch of really great wrestlers. That's what we're going to do. And that's, that's how you get ricochet over. It's like kind of like treating it like PWG where you just have this like people just will go and buy into all these great wrestlers having great matches. Like that, that's, that's the selling point. Like it's not ever going to be as much of a moneymaker as what pro wrestling was years ago, but that's just kind of, you you have to adjust to your era. And I think that is one way to do is the tournament of just like, here's a bunch of great wrestlers that are going to compete. The stakes are, if they lose, they're out. And that's more than enough for people to get invested, um, from top to bottom. Uh, Last thing, um, and then then we'll go. Roman Reigns. Do we think Roman Reigns should compete at WrestleMania this year?
1: I think so. Um, Okay. You know, obviously, if he's healthy, I mean, I'm not going to say he should compete, and and if he's not ready, I don't want him to do that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, But if Roman Reigns is cleared and healthy to compete, then yes, I do think so, because You've already inserted him back into TV, obviously an important part on your weekly TV show. So you're kind of forcing your hand at this point to have him involved in some way in WrestleMania. Um, Now, should he take the top match? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that would be good business for anybody. I don't think that would, uh, I think the fans would rebel against that and then you're back to square one. But at the same time, again, you, you really kind of inserted him into one of the main event pictures and he's on your weekly TV show. So you have to do something now. So for that reason, I would say yes.
0: I think the play is just have him come out with Rollins. Like that's what I would do. If you want to keep the sympathy stuff going and everything, you have him come out with Rollins and like pat him on the back as they're walking down and have Roman stare down Brock and like have him walk around the ring and kind of keep Paul Heyman from interfering. That's what I would do. If you want to keep this endearing stuff going and make him a like, keep him as a likable baby face. That's, that's how I would approach it. I would not give him a match with Baron Corbin or something like that. Like that, I don't see how that does anybody any favors. Um, I did like that he's already talking about the WrestleMania 36 main event. <laughs> it's just, this was the thing with the <laughs> uncomfortable elephant in the room. I was like, he's back and like it's great. I want Roman Reigns to be healthy. I'm glad he's healthy, but he's like yeah. the way he's going to be booked, and we know how Vince feels about him. And they're going to, they haven't, I don't think they've learned their lesson. Like he still has the same theme. He got mixed reactions this week. Like, it's going to happen. He's going yeah. to... Re- it's going yep. to go back to what it was. Like, they missed a moment to give him a new theme. Because I think there were... Fans have been conditioned for years now to boo that theme song. And I I can't believe they did not use that time away to give him a new theme. Like, find something else. as When you have him come back... maybe there's Something else um, to reestablish this new Roman Reigns character. But... They're just going to go full steam ahead. I don't think they've learned their lesson from Roman Reigns and the character work from before. And um, this is bad news for Seth Rollins. I think um, if he ever had any intention of being the top guy on the show, cause that's, that's not happening. Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. I think we're inching back towards Brock and Roman at SummerSlam. I think that's where they're going again. And that's going to be the main event again. I think they're, this is going to be another year of oh. Roman and Brock. I, it's bad and this is the it's the elephant in the room of like it's gonna be bad roman reigns is just not compelling and this stuff is not gonna it's gonna be back more of the same i wish it wasn't i wish there was variety but it's just this is what's going on he's main eventing wrestlemania next year and it's gonna be like him versus maybe brock maybe they keep brock another year that would not surprise me
1: (laughs) oh no not at all i mean you know i if I were Brock, and I'm going to get a lot of money to stay and make minimal appearances on TV and, and, and frankly, do fake fighting, as opposed to going to the UFC and having to take hits in the face for real, uh, I, it's a no-brainer to me. Uh, I If I were Brock, I would get a good money deal out of WWE and stay there, so I totally get that. But to me, they cannot keep going back to this well of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think it's an enormous mistake because I am so fed up with that matchup. I don't know how many more times we can see this matchup on pay-per-view, um, but it, it's beyond nobody cares. you know, it's a match I don't even think I would watch. I mean, I think I would just turn the show off uh, just because <laughs> I'm just I'm over it, and they've mishandled the entire thing to where I, it's not that I just don't care. I just don't want to see it. and it's just it's really puzzling how they continue to do that. Um, and I just, I hope they don't make the same mistakes, but let's be honest. Vince McMahon is in his mid seventies. Uh, he's not changing at this point. <laughs> right. So I guess here we are.
0: Roman's going to be his last guy, maybe like the last guy that he pushes for years and gives him the all time superstar treatment and he moves merch and all that stuff. Like he did. He checks every box for him. Like, it's just, <sighs> I think that's where we're going. I think Roman Reigns will be the one to take the title away from um, Brock and then we're going to get like Roman versus McIntyre this fall and maybe Roman versus Braun again and it's just, no thank you. I, I have no interest. I think, I wish it was different. I wish I didn't have to be this cynical about it but I think when you consider who Vince McMahon is, you consider how this character work is, you consider the history of this company, you consider where they're going with all of this stuff. I don't see how you can look at this any other way. I, I just don't.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you look at Roman's career and his age, and he's already main evented so many WrestleManias. Even when you compare him to a guy like Hulk Hogan, who was he was
0: on track to break his record. I've said on this podcast he was going to break it
1: yeah. <laughs> in his early thirties. Nonetheless, <laughs> so, that's yeah. It's just it's it's crazy to me.
0: But then there are people like I don't know, Seth Rollins could be the guy. Finn Balor might beat Brock Lesnar, and I'm like, are you out of your mind? There's only one person Vince McMahon that's is signing off <laughs> on beating Brock Lesnar, and it took a lot for him to do that. It's Roman Reigns. That's it. Yeah. God. Yep. I wish it was well, different, know, man. The,
1: the strategy is force feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's what's I going to happen. That. Roman Reigns is getting booed again by the summer. I don't think uh, maybe people are not talking about that yet, but that's happening. Like what, the second Rollins exits the title picture, and we get. Roman versus Brock over the summer. God, it, it's coming back. Like we're going back. He's going to Oh man. I don't want to go through this. It's Thursday night. It's almost the weekend. We don't have to revisit the Roman stuff all for the rest of the year. We can we can hold that off. But you heard it here first, folks. Brad and I are warning you. This is where this is going. Just to be just to just be prepared.
1: The big dog I just wanted to say that.
0: I know. You like that. What's more cringeworthy, that or uh, it's boss time?
1: (laughs) Oh, geez. That's a tough one. Uh, They're both pretty much equally cringe, but since Roman takes up more TV time, I would say it's uh, the big dog.
0: Okay. (sighs) Oh, man. All right. Well, who knows? Maybe Vince McMahon will wake up one day and be like, Johnny Gargano? What if we did that for the summer? What if we gave fans something like that? What what, what if we did that? What if we built the company around uh, Alistair Black for the summer? What if we gave him a main event spot? What if? No, none of that's 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 not going to happen. Um, all right, Brad, this has been great as always. Thank you so much for the time. Is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here tonight?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll plug my Twitter, which is always interesting at vBradShepard S H E P A R D and follow all of my work on prosportsextra.com.
0: Do that, Brad. Thank you so much, and uh, let's talk again soon, man.
1: Cool. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Chase.
0: And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second leave lead the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, Remember, you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Uh Thank you for your support and we will be back another episode very soon. Thanks, guys.
1: Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.